Section 19 of the Natural History, Volume 6. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Natural History, Volume 6 by Pliny the Elder. Translated by John Bostock and Henry Thomas Riley. Section 19. Book 30. Chapters 13 to 25. Chapter 13. Remedies for diseases of the shoulders. The ashes of a burnt weasel mixed with wax are a cure for pains in the shoulders. To prevent the armpits of young persons from becoming hairy, they should be well rubbed with ants' eggs. Slave dealers also, to impede the growth of the hair in young persons near puberty, employ the blood that flows from the testes of lambs when castrated this blood too applied to the armpits the hairs being first pulled out is a preventive of the rank smell of those parts chapter fourteen remedies for pains in the viscera we give the one general name of precordia to the human viscera for pains in any part of which a sucking whelp is applied being pressed close to the part affected the malady it is said will in such case pass into the animal a fact which may be satisfactorily ascertained for on disembowelling it and sprinkling the entrails with wine that part of the viscera will be found affected in which the patient himself was sensible of pain to bury the animal in such a case is a point most religiously observed. The dogs, too, which we call melitii, applied to the stomach every now and then, allay pains in that region. The malady, it is supposed, passes into the animal's body, as it gradually loses its health, and it mostly dies. Affection of the lungs are cured by using mice, those of Africa more particularly, the animal being skinned and boiled in salt and oil, and then taken with the food. The same preparation is used also for the cure of purulent, or bloody expectorations. Chapter 15. Remedies for Pains in the Stomach One of the very best remedies for affections of the stomach is to use a snail diet. They must first be left to simmer in water for some time, without touching the contents of the shell, after which, without any other addition, they must be grilled upon hot coals, and eaten with wine and garum, the snails of Africa being the best of all for the purpose. The efficacy of this remedy has been proved in numerous instances of late. Another point, too, to be observed, is to take an uneven number of them. Snails, however, have a juice, it should be remembered, which imparts to the breath an offensive smell. For patients troubled with spitting of blood, they are remarkably good, the shell being first removed, and the contents bruised and administered in water. The most distinct kinds of all are those of Africa, those which come from Iol in particular, of Estipalia, and after them those of Etna, in Sicily, those, I mean, of moderate size, for the large ones are hard and destitute of juice. The Balearic snails, called Cevatice, from being found in caverns, are much esteemed, 
and so too are those from the islands of Caprea. Those of Greece, on the other hand, are never used for food, either old or fresh. River snails, and those with a white shell, have a strong, rank juice, and forest snails are by no means good for the stomach, having a laxative effect upon the bowels. The same, too, with all kinds of small snails. Sea snails, on the other hand, are more beneficial to the stomach, but it is for pains in that region that they are found the most efficacious. The best plan, it is said, is to eat them alive, of whatever kind they may happen to be, with vinegar. In addition to these, there are the snails called acerate, with a broad shell and found in numerous localities. Of the uses to which they are put, we shall speak further on the appropriate occasions. The craw of poultry, dried and sprinkled in the drink, or else used fresh and grilled, has a soothing effect upon pectoral catars and coughs attended with phlegm. Snails beaten up raw and taken in three sayathai of warm water allay cough. A piece of dog's skin, wrapped round any one of the fingers, affords relief to patients suffering from catarrh. A broth made of boiled partridges is strengthening for the stomach. Chapter 16. Remedies for pains in the liver and for spitting of blood. For the cure of pains in the liver, a wild weasel is taken with the food, or the liver only of that animal. A ferret also, roasted like a sucking pig. In cases of asthma, millipedes are used, thrice seven of them being soaked in attic honey and taken internally by the aid of a reed. For all vessels, it should be remembered, turn black on coming in contact with them. Some persons grill one sexterius of these insects on a flat pan till they become white, and then mix them with honey. There are some authorities who call this insect a centipede, and recommend it to be given in warm water. Snails are administered to persons subject to fainting fits, alienation of the senses, and vertigo, for which purposes a snail is beaten up, shell and all, with three sayathai of raisin wine, and the mixture is administered warm with a drink for nine days at most. Others again give one snail the first day, two the second, three the third, two the fourth, and one the fifth, a mode of treatment also adopted for the cure of asthma and of abscesses. There is, according to some authorities, an insect resembling the locust in appearance, destitute of wings, and known by the Greek name of Troxalis, it being without a name in Latin. A considerable number of writers, however, consider it identical with the insect known to us as gorillas. Twenty of these insects, they say, should be grilled and taken in honeyed wine, by patients troubled with hardness of breathing or spitting of blood. Some persons pour pure grape juice or sea water upon unwashed snails, and then boil and eat them for food, or else they bruise the snails, shells and all, and take them with this grape juice. A similar method is also adopted for the cure of cough. Honey, in which the bees have died, is particularly good for the cure of abscesses. For spitting of blood, a vulture's lungs are used, burned upon vine logs and mixed with half the quantity of pomegranate blossoms, 
or with the same proportion of queens and lily blossom the whole being taken morning and evening in wine if there is no fever but where there are symptoms of fever instead of wine water is used in which quinces have been boiled chapter seventeen remedies for affections of the spleen according to the prescriptions given by the magicians a fresh ship's milt is the best application for pains in the spleen the person who applies it uttering these words this i do for the cure of the spleen this done it is enjoined that the milt should be covered up with mortar in the wall of the patient's sleeping-room and sealed with a ring a charm being repeated thrice nine times a dog's milt removed from the animal while still alive taken with the food is a cure for diseases of the spleen some again attach it fresh to that part of the patient's body others give the patient without his knowing it the milt of a puppy two days old to eat in squill vinegar the milt too of a hedgehog is similarly used ashes of burnt snails are employed in combination with linseed nettle seed and honey the treatment being persisted in till the patient is thoroughly cured a green lizard has a remedial effect suspended alive in an earthen vessel at the entrance of the sleeping-room of the patient who every time he enters or leaves it must take care to touch it with his hand the head too of a horned owl reduced to ashes and incorporated with an unguent honey also in which the bees have died and spiders the one known as the lycus in particular chapter eighteen remedies for pains in the side and in the loins for pains in the side the heart of a hoopoe is highly esteemed ashes too of burnt snails that have been boiled in a teason snails being sometimes applied in the form of a liniment alone potions employed for this purpose have a sprinkling in them of the ashes of a mad dog's skull for the cure of lumbago the spotted lizard from beyond seas is used the head and intestines being first removed the body is boiled in wine with half a denarius of black poppy and the decoction is taken in drink green lizards also are taken with the food the feet and head being first removed or else three snails are crushed shells and all and boiled with fifteen peppercorns in wine the feet of an eagle are wrenched off in a contrary direction to the joint and the right foot is attached to the right side the left foot to the left according as the pains are situate the millipede which we have spoken of as being called the oniscus is a cure for these pains taken in doses of one denarius in two sayathi of wine the magicians recommend an earthworm to be put in a wooden dish which has been split and mended with iron wire which done some water must be taken up with a dish the worm drenched with it and buried in the spot from which it was taken and the water drunk from the dish they assert also that this is a marvellously excellent cure for sciatica chapter nineteen remedies for dysentery dysentery is cured by taking the broth of a leg of mutton boiled with linseed in water by eating old ewe milk cheese or by taking mutton suet boiled in astringent wine 
This last is good, too, for the iliac passion and for inveterate coughs. Dysentery is removed also by taking a spotted lizard from beyond seas, boiled down till the skin only is left, the head, feet, and intestines being first removed. A couple of snails also, and an egg, are beaten up, shells and all, in both cases, and made lukewarm in a new vessel, with some salt, three sayathai of water, and two sayathai of raisin wine, or date juice, the decoction being taken in drink. Ashes, too, of burnt snails, are very serviceable, taken in wine, with a modicum of resin. The snails without shells, which we have mentioned as being mostly found in Africa, are remarkably useful for dysentery, five of them being burnt with half a denarius of gum acacia and taken in doses of two spoonfuls in myrtle wine or any other kind of astringent wine with an equal quantity of warm water. Some persons employ all kinds of African snails indiscriminately in this manner, while others, again, make use of a similar number of African snails or broad-shelled snails as an injection in preference. In cases, too, where the flux is considerable, they add a piece of gum acacia about the size of a bean. For dysentery and tenesmus, the cast of slough of a snake is boiled in a pewter vessel with oil of roses. If prepared in any other kind of vessel, it is applied with an instrument made of pewter. Chicken broth is also used as a remedy for these affections but the broth of an old cock strongly salted acts more powerfully as a purgative upon the bowels a pullet's craw grilled and administered with salt and oil has a soothing effect upon celiac affections but it is absolutely necessary that neither fowl nor patient should have eaten corn for some time before pigeon's dung also is grilled and taken in drink the flesh of a ring-dove, boiled in vinegar, is curative of dysentery and celiac affections, and for the cure of the former a thrush is recommended roasted with myrtle-berries, a blackbird also, or honey boiled, in which the bees have died. CHAPTER Twenty: REMEDIES FOR THE ILIAC PASSION AND FOR OTHER MALADIES OF THE BOWELS One of the most dangerous of maladies is that known by the name of Ileos it may be combated they say by tearing a bat asunder and taking the blood or by rubbing the abdomen with it diarrhoea is arrested more particularly by taking snails prepared in manner already mentioned for cases of asthma the ashes also of snails burned alive administered in astringent wine the liver of poultry grilled the dried craw of poultry a part that is usually thrown away mixed with poppy juice in some cases it is used fresh grilled and taken in wine partridge broth the craw of partridges beaten up by itself in red wine a wild ring dove boiled in oxycrate a sheep's milt grilled and beaten up in wine or else pigeons dung applied with honey the crop of an ossifrage dried and taken in drink is remarkably useful for patients whose digestion is impaired Indeed, its good effects may be felt if they only hold it in the hand while eating. Hence it is that some persons wear it attached to the body as an amulet, a practice which must not be too long continued, it being apt to cause a wasting of the flesh. 
The blood, too, of a drake has an astringent effect. Flatulency is dispelled by eating snails and gripping pains in the bowels by taking a sheep's milk grilled with wine. A wild ring dove boiled in oxycrit, the fat of an otis in wine, or the ashes of an ibis burned without the feathers, administered in drink. Another prescription mentioned for gripping pains in the bowels is of a very marvellous nature. If a duck, they say, is applied to the abdomen, the malady will pass into the bird, and it will die. Grippings of the bowels are treated also with boiled honey in which the bees have died. Colic is most effectually cured by taking a roasted lark with a food. Some recommend, however, that it should be burnt to ashes in a new vessel, feathers and all, and then pounded and taken for four consecutive days in doses of three spoonfuls in water. Some say that the heart of this bird should be attached to the thigh, and, according to others, the heart should be swallowed fresh, quite warm, in fact. There is a family of consular dignity, known as the Aspronids, two brothers, members of which, were cured of colic, the one by eating a lark and wearing its heart in a golden bracelet, the other by performing a certain sacrifice in a chapel, built of raw bricks, in form of a furnace, and then blocking up the edifice the moment the sacrifice was concluded. The ossifrage has a single intestine only, which has the marvellous property of digesting all that the bird has swallowed. The extremity of this intestine, it is well known, worn as an amulet, is an excellent remedy for colic. There are certain concealed maladies, incident to the intestines, in relation to which there are some marvellous statements made. If to the stomach and chest, more particularly, blind puppies are applied, and suckled with milk from the patient's mouth, the virulence of the malady, it is said, will be transferred to them, and in the end they will die. On opening them too, the causes of the malady will be sure to be discovered. In all such cases, however, the puppies must be allowed to die, and must be buried in the earth. According to what the magicians say, if the abdomen is touched with the bat's blood, the person will be proof against colic for a whole year when a patient too is attacked with the pains of colic if he can bring himself to drink the water in which he has washed his feet he will experience a cure chapter twenty one remedies for urinary calculi and affections of the bladder for the cure of urinary calculi it is a good plan to rub the abdomen with mouse dung the flesh of a hedgehog is agreeable eating, they say, if killed with a single blow upon the head, before it has had time to discharge its urine upon its body. Persons who eat this flesh, it is said, will never by any possibility suffer from strangury. The flesh of a hedgehog thus killed is a cure for urinary obstructions of the bladder, and the same, too, with fumigations made therewith. If, on the other hand, the animal has discharged its urine upon its body, those who eat the flesh will be sure to be attacked by strangury, it is said. As a lethal triptych, earthworms are recommended, taken in ordinary wine or raisin wine, or else boiled snails prepared the same way as for the cure of asthma. For the cure of urinary obstructions, snails are taken from the shells, pounded, and administered in one sayathus of wine, three the first day, two the second, and one the third.
for the expulsion of calculi, the empty shells are reduced to ashes and taken in drink. The liver also of a water snake and the ashes of burnt scorpions are similarly employed, or are taken with bread or eaten with a locust. For the same purpose, the small grits that are found in the gizzard of poultry or in the crow of the ringdove are beaten up and sprinkled in the patient's drink. The crow, too, of poultry is taken, dried, or, if fresh, grilled. For urinary calculi and other obstructions of the bladder, dung of ringdoves is taken with beans. Ashes also of wild ringdove's feathers mixed with vinegar and honey. The intestines of those birds reduced to ashes and administered in doses of three spoonfuls. A small clod from a swallow's nest dissolved in warm water the dried crop of an ossifrage, the dung of a turtle-dove boiled in honeyed wine, or the broth of a boiled turtle-dove. It is very beneficial also for urinary affections to eat thrushes with myrtle-berries or grasshoppers grilled on a shallow pan, or else to take the millipedes known as onisci in drink. For pains in the bladder, a decoction of lamb's feet is used. Chicken broth relaxes the bowels and mollifies acridities. Swallows dank, too, with honey employed as a suppository, act as a purgative. Chapter 22. Remedies for diseases of the fundament and of the generative organs. The most efficacious remedies for diseases of the rectum are wool grease, to which some add pomphalics and oil of roses, a dog's head reduced to ashes, or a serpent's slough with vinegar. In cases where there are chaps and fissures of those parts, the ashes of the white portion of dog's dung are used, mixed with oil of roses. A prescription due, they say, to Esculapius, and remarkably efficacious also for the removal of warts. Ashes of burnt mouse dung, swan's fat and cow's suet are also used. Procedence of the rectum is reduced by an application of the juices discharged by snails when punctured. For the cure of excoriation of those parts, ashes of burned wood mice are used with honey. The gall of a hedgehog with a bat's brains and bitch's milk, goose grease with the brains of the bird, alum and wool grease, or else pigeon's dung mixed with honey. A spider, the head and legs being first removed, is remarkably good as a friction for condylomata. To prevent the acridity of the humours from fretting the flesh, goose grease is applied with punic wax, white lead, and oil of roses. Swan's grease also, which is said to be a cure for piles. A very good thing, they say, for sciatica is to pound raw snails in a minion wine, and to take them with pepper. To eat a green lizard, the feet, head and intestines being first removed, or to eat a spotted lizard with the addition of three oboli of black poppy. Ruptures and convulsions are treated with sheep's gall, diluted with woman's milk. The gravy, which escapes from a ram's lights roasted, is used for the cure of itching pimples and warts upon the generative organs. For other affections of those parts, the ashes of a ram's wool, unwashed even, are used, applied with water. The suet of a sheep's skull, and the kidneys more particularly, mixed with ashes of pumice stone and salt. Greasy wool, applied with cold water. 
sheep's flesh burnt to ashes and applied with water, a mule's hoofs burnt to ashes, or the powder of pounded horse teeth sprinkled upon the parts. In cases of decidence of either of the testes, an application of the slime discharged by snails is remedial, they say. For the treatment of sordid or running ulcers of those parts, the fresh ashes of a burnt dog's head are found highly useful. The small, broad kind of snail bitten up in vinegar, a snake's slough or the ashes of it applied in vinegar, honey in which the bees have died mixed with resin, or the kind of snail without a shell that is found in Africa, as already mentioned, beaten up with powdered frankincense and white of eggs, the application being renewed at the end of thirty days. Some persons, however, substitute a bulb for the frankincense. For the cure of hydrocele, a spotted lizard, they say, is marvellously good, the head, feet and intestines being first removed, and the rest of the body roasted and taken frequently with the food. For incontinence of urine, dog's fat is used, mixed with a piece of split alum the size of a bean. Ashes also of African snails, burnt with the shells taken in drink, or else the tongues of three geese roasted and eaten with the food, a remedy which we owe to Anaxileus. Mutton suet, mixed with parched salt, has an apparent effect upon inflammatory tumours, and mouse dung, mixed with powdered frankincense and sandarac, acts upon them as a dispellent. The ashes also of a burnt lizard, or the lizard itself, split asunder and applied, or else bruised millipedes mixed with one-third part of turpentine. Some make use of earth of sinope for this purpose, mixed with a bruised snail. Ashes of empty snail shells burnt alone, mixed with wax, possess certain repercursive properties, the same too with pigeon's dung, employed by itself, or applied with oatmeal or barley meal. Cantharides, mixed with lime, remove inflammatory tumours quite as effectually as the lancet, and small snails, applied topically with honey, have a soothing effect upon tumours in the groin. Chapter 23. Remedies for Gout and for Diseases of the Feet To prevent varicose veins, the legs of children are rubbed with the lizard's blood but both the party who operates and the patient must be fasting at the time. Wool grease mixed with woman's milk and white lead has a soothing effect upon gout. The liquid dung also avoided by sheep, a sheep's lights, a ram's gall mixed with suet, mice split asunder and applied, a weasel's blood used as a liniment with plantago, the ashes of a weasel burnt alive mixed with vinegar and oil of roses, and applied with a feather, or used in combination with wax and oil of roses. A dog's gall, due care being taken not to touch it with the hand, and to apply it with a feather. Poultry dung, or else ashes of burnt earthworms applied with honey, and removed at the end of a couple of days. Some, however, prefer using this last with water, while others, again, apply the worms themselves in the proportion of one acetabulum to three sayathi of honey, the feet of the patient being first anointed with oil of roses. The broad, flat kind of snail taken in drink is used for the removal of pains in the feet and joints. 
two of them being pounded for the purpose and taken in wine they are employed also in the form of a liniment mixed with the juice of the plant halxine some however are content to beat up the snails with vinegar some say that salt burnt in a new earthen vessel with a viper and taken repeatedly is curative of gout and that it is an excellent plan to rub the feet with viper's fat it is asserted too that similar results are produced by keeping a kite till it is dry and then powdering it and taking it in water a pinch in three fingers at a time by rubbing the feet with the blood of that bird mixed with nettles or by bruising the first feathers of a ring-dove with nettles the dung of ring-doves is used as a liniment for pains in the joints the ashes also of a burnt weasel or of burnt snails mixed with amylum or gum tragacanth a very excellent cure for contusions of the joints is a spider's web but there are persons who give the preference to ashes of burnt cobwebs or of burnt pigeon's dung mixed with polenta and white wine for sprains of the joints a sovereign remedy is mutton suet mixed with the ashes of a woman's hair a good application too for chilblains is mutton suet mixed with alum or else ashes of a burnt dog's head or of burnt mouse dung ulcers free from discharge are brought to cicatrize by using the above-named substances in combination with wax ashes also of burnt dormice mixed with oil ashes of burnt wood mice mixed with honey ashes of burnt earthworms applied with old oil or else ashes of the snails without a shell that are so commonly found all ulcers on the feet are cured by the application of ashes of snails burnt alive and for excoriations of the feet ashes of burnt poultry dung are used or ashes of burnt pigeon's dung mixed with oil when the feet have been galled by the shoes the ashes of an old shoe sole are used or the lights of the lamb or ram for gatherings beneath the nails a horse's tooth powdered is a sovereign remedy a light application of a green lizard's blood will cure the feet of man or beast when galled beneath for the removal of corns upon the feet the urine of a mule of either sex is applied mixed with the mud which it has formed upon the ground sheep's tongue also the liver of a green lizard or the blood of that animal applied in wool earthworms mixed with oil the head of a spotted lizard pounded with an equal quantity of vitex and mixed with oil or pigeon's dung boiled with vinegar for the cure of all kinds of warts dog's urine is applied fresh with the mud which it has formed upon the ground dog's dung also reduced to ashes and mixed with wax sheep's dung the blood of mice applied fresh or the body of a mouse split asunder the gall of a hedgehog a lizard's head or blood or the ashes of that animal burnt entire the cast of slough of a snake or else poultry dung applied with oil and nitre cantharides also bruised with tominian grapes act corrosively upon words and when words have been thus removed the remedies should be employed which we have pointed out for ulcerations on the skin chapter twenty four remedies for evils which are liable to affect the whole body we will now turn our attention to those evils which are a cause of apprehension as affecting the whole body according to what the magicians say the gall of a male black dog 
is the counter-charm for the whole of the house, and it will be quite sufficient to make fumigations with it, or to use it as a purification, to ensure its preservation against all noxious drugs and preparations. They say the same, too, with reference to a dog's blood, if the walls are sprinkled with it, and the genitals of that animal if buried beneath the threshold. This will surprise persons the less who are aware how highly these same magicians extol that most abominable insect, the tick, and all because it is the only one that has no passage for the evacuations, its eating ending only in its death, and its living all the longer for fasting. In this latter state it has been known to live so long as seven days, they say, but when it gorges to satiety it will burst in a much shorter period. According to these authorities, a tick from a dog's left ear, worn as an amulet, will allay all kinds of pains. They presage too from it on matters of life and death, for if the patient, they say, gives an answer to a person who has a tick about him, and standing at the foot of the bed, asks how he is, it is an infallible sign that he will survive, while on the other hand, if he makes no answer, he will be sure to die. They add also that the dog from whose left ear the tick is taken must be entirely black. Nigidius has stated in his writings that dogs will avoid the presence all day of a person who has taken a tick from off a hog. The magicians likewise assure us that patients suffering from delirium will recover their reason on being sprinkled with a mole's blood, and that persons who are apt to be troubled by the gods of the night and by faunae will experience relief by rubbing themselves morning and evening with a tongue, eyes, gall, and intestines of a dragon, boiled in oil and cooled in the open air at night. Chapter 25. Remedies for Cold Shiverings A remedy for cold shiverings, according to Nicander, is a dead amphisbena, or its skin only attached to the body in addition to which he informs us that if one of these reptiles is attached to a tree that is being felt, the persons hewing it will never feel cold and will fell it all the more easily. For so it is that this is the only one among all the serpents that faces the cold, making its appearance the first of all and even before the cuckoo's note is heard. There is another marvellous fact also mentioned with reference to the cuckoo, if upon the spot where a person hears this bird for the first time, he traces round the space occupied by his right foot, and then digs up the earth, it will effectually prevent fleas from breeding wherever it is thrown. End of section 19